Here's a question for you. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and you couldn't move? Seriously, you were paralyzed from the neck down. Could your business go on? Could you go on? How would your life change? And how could you change it for the better? Well, if you'd like to find out some of the answer to this question, stay tuned and listen to the story of Nick and Karen Fitch, as well as learn from their ups and downs. You want to do that? Yeah, you do. Trust me. Stay tuned and find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the heck is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of No Thank You, I'll Keep My Problems Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And as most of you know, I've been in the coaching course creation online space since like the 90s. What? Yeah, so I got a little bit of experience under my belt. But here I am still learning. And here's the thing. What's more important to me is who are you? And I think the answer to that is infinitely more important because I believe you are a driven entrepreneur, perhaps even an infopreneur that's here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's why I bring on some of the amazing folks I'm lucky enough to bring on here, like today. Today, we're going to be spending some time with Nick and Karen Fitch. Now, here's what I want you to imagine, and I kind of teased this a little earlier. Let's, and just pause for a minute, and if you're driving, please focus on the road, of course. But if you're not, I want you to just come in with me for a minute, and, and I'll let you go back to your, your whatever you're doing, working out, doing the dishes, babysitting the kids, or or driving uh, your way to and from work. But here's what I want you to do, just for a moment. I want you to remember that, or, or think, that you're in your early 20s, and maybe you are. And if so, that this exercise gets a little bit easier. But again, think of it this way. You're in your early 20s. You just left high school not too long ago, and you left high school with your sweetheart. You've gotten married, and life is grand. You've made your way through university. Hell, you, see, you even purchased some farmland and some cows. You have a herd of cows of your own to manage and to create a life from. You've just about have everything that you could ask for. A home, a loving person at your side that you love as well. A piece of land, a herd of cows to work that land with and on. An education and then bam. You wake up one morning and you're unable to move from the neck down. Yeah, you heard that right. You wake up one morning and you're unable to move from the neck down. Let that sink in for a moment, right? I mean, really let it sink in. 
Now, many of us have had something happen to us, or us personally, or someone that we loved uh, very dearly, and that just kind of rocked their world. But think about this. What if it was you, and you woke up unable to rise in any way to greet the day, hug your spouse, pet your pup, or just stand to your feet? What would you do? Well, the bitches, right, were not held down by this. They started an online business selling pictures of their beloved cows via their website, Cuddle Cows. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. I know I'm sorry. I just, I'm really excited about sharing this story with you, this, this amazing couple that you're about ready to listen to. So let's get them on and let them take you through their road to entrepreneurship themselves, shall we? Now, wait, hold on a second. Sorry. Before we do that, I want to give you a little teaser to the next episode. Um, there's a quick reminder here, right? That the, the next gentleman that's going to be on our next uh, our next guest episode is going to be a returning voice to the microphone. And he's overcome lots of things to reach the level of success he has to this day. And uh, he's reached a good fair amount of success. And this is after getting through a whole bunch of crap in his life, notwithstanding a five-year stint in prison and the stigma that came with that after his release. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. So, as I would usually announce, as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing, G-O-L-D, spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick and Karen. Nick and Karen, man, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. How you all doing this evening? Doing good. Yep, doing good. Three shades of wonderful. That's what I like to hear. Now, like I was just telling you, the first thing I like folks to do is to kind of tell their story. I, I've teased it in the introduction there. Everyone's biting their nails going, oh my God, I got to hear this. So if you could just kind of share your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, no, no pun intended, that brought you guys to where you are today and why you're doing what it is you're doing. Yeah, so um, almost three years ago this fall, I woke up unexpectedly paralyzed from the neck down. And um, that led to a journey of us being in the hospital for six months across um, three states and seven different hospitals. Um, You know, I was closer to death several times than what we'd you know, like to think about, but um, it, it was it was a tough time, and it started in November of 19, and we ended up coming home in April of 2020, kind of at the height of COVID. At that time, we were in downtown Chicago at um, Shirley Ryan Rehab Hospital, and my doctor there said, um, you know, it's it's not necessarily time for you to go home yet, but the best way that I can keep you safe from COVID is to send you home, and so that's what we're going to do. And so we came back to middle of nowhere, Iowa, and, um, you know, nobody in my family has a medical background of any kind. Um, we're, we're entrepreneurs and farmers, and we live, in, like I said, in the middle of nowhere. And so we were scared to death to do that, but we were very excited to come home because we've been gone for so long. And um, after we got here, we were just really reflecting on how blessed we were that so many people um, did so much to bless us during our time in the hospital and we just wanted to do something to pay that forward and so um nick was kind of the one that came up with cuddle cow and he can share 
a little bit about how that started. Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, you know, Karen has been wearing Tom's shoes for a while. And, um, you know, we were listening to a podcast where actually uh, the founder of Tom's Shoes was talking kind of through his journey and how he became, how he became, a, you know, the owner of Tom's Shoes and how he founded that company. And, um, you know, we were just, you know, sitting there also frustrated by our situation. You know, there's not a whole lot that is offered to spinal cord injury. Uh, people have suffered spinal cord injuries and um, we're, me and Karen are the type of people that really like try to be part of the solution and not just sit there and complain and whine and whatnot. And, you know, we, we really like cows and <laughs> we feel like everyone would like our cow brownie on a blanket. So we started with that and we're like, well, part of the money we make can go to spinal cord injury research. So we just started there and kept working on adding new products and just went from there really. <clears throat> nice. So obviously you have a cow or cows, I'm guessing. Yep. Right now we have about 35 to 40 cows. In prior to this injury, is this, is that part of, I mean, you, you like Karen was telling me just a little bit before we hit record here that you guys live out there in nowhere, Iowa is, is farming kind of what you were doing or pre-injury? Yeah. So, um, both Nick and I grew up on farms and come from farm families. And, um, I got my first herd of cattle when I was a senior in college in like the fall of 2014. And, um, then Nick and I have been together like that whole time as well. We were just dating then we got married in 2017. Um, and so we've grown the herd since then. And we love the cows. Um, several of them are named They're We kind of joke that they're kind of like pets sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we really enjoy cows. And like Nick said, um, it just kind of started as like, you know, if we had some sort of a business where we gave back, you know, what would it be? What would we sell? And, um, we kind of landed on like blankets was the first product that we had. And we landed on that because, um, when I was in the hospital, I had several people send blankets and I don't know if, if you have ever spent any time in the hospital or anybody that's listening has or not, but, um, like the blankets that were sent was kind of like a piece, a little piece of home because when you're in the hospital, you know, it's like the very, um, like sterile, white, bleached, uncomfortable sheets. And so people would send blankets and they would be soft and comfortable. And, um, you know, like it, it's when you've been in the hospital and you can't move and, um, at that time I was on a ventilator, so I couldn't even talk. And, um, cause I went into respiratory failure and so, you know, it's, it's hard to find joy and happiness yeah. and you have to work very, very hard. Um, just kind of to stay sane. <clears throat> and so the blankets that people sent were just a little piece of home and comfort. And so we started by saying, Hey, what, you know, blankets really meant a lot. What if we started with that? And so that's kind of how we went from there. And, you know, we just picked a few pictures of a few of the favorite cows. And then we figured out how, um, you know, people could order custom blankets. So now we've had people order blankets. Um, I just saw one that Nick showed me that somebody ordered the other day with an elk on it. We've done ones of, you know, people's pets or people's, um, like a, we did one of someone's barn. We've done them of different outdoor landscapes with different people. So it's been really fun to see what people choose to do with it. And then, you know, like they send us pictures of that, like 
holding it with the family member that's on the blanket or yeah. something like that. So it's really cool to see, you know, what people do and, um, you know, where all they've shipped. Our business, we started this um, almost a year ago in September. And so our goal has been to try and ship to all 50 states. And I think we're down to like maybe needing like seven or eight more. So that's been really fun to see, um, you know, as it's grown, as, it, as it's gone over the U.S. And, you know, like I'm much better now. I'm much healthier now. Things are headed in a much better direction. But that does, you know, sometimes the, the days can be short and the nights can be long. And there's still things that, um, you know, are difficult. I can't go out and do chores with Nick like I used mm -hmm. to. Or, um, you know, I can't get in the tractor you know, sometimes I can't even get to where the cows are because, you know, the terrain to get there is too difficult. Sure. And so, you know, that, that can be really hard mentally and emotionally. And so now that we have, you know, this new venture in our business, it's kind of been fun to channel some of our energy um, into that and just see how other people have really rallied around us and supported us. You know, some that we know, some that we didn't know before this. And so that's just, I think it's been really good for both of us, um, you know, to have something to look forward to every day. Oh, I can only imagine. Okay, so I have to pause and go back for a minute in your story there. You got a herd of cows as a senior in high school. Was this a graduation gift? Uh, is it something that, you know, I'm not from a farming family, so this, this may be something that happens normally. And I'm like, what? City boy yeah, me. I, <laughs> I might have I might have misspoke earlier. I was a senior in college. Oh, senior in college. Um, okay. When I did it, and no, it was not a gift. Um, there is a governmental program, like program called Farm Service Agency, and um, they offer loans to people in agriculture okay. to help them get started. And so, at the age of twenty, I believe um, I. Right. You have to write out a whole business plan and they come out and um, like look at what your setup is and make sure that you're qualified for the loan and all of that. And so at 20 years old, I had a loan for $50,000. Um, I'd never taken out a loan for anything in my life because like my vehicle I had just worked for and I paid, um, paid cash for and stuff when I started. So we really, um, you know, doubled down. It was very scary do you know something like that and know that it had to be paid back over five years sure. and um yeah it it was a scary step but it was really exciting um to do and i was lucky that i had a lot of support um, you know nick was there reached out to the way supporting me and um i have a really strong family ties as well and they were there to help me as well nice that's awesome i mean again Rob, those are the kind of things i don't know i would never know about I, I, actually yeah. my my wife and i have uh have ventured over the past couple of years that we're ready to, I mean, we already live not quite in the boonies, you know, our little town is probably 12,000 people. So it's not a big town, not a big burg. Um, but we're already thinking about, yeah, we're going to go buy us a farm. We're going to move off and just let everyone do their thing. Let all the craziness go elsewhere. I may have to go look at that agency. Anyway, uh, no, that's cool though, to have uh, a herd of cows starting off so young Luckily, you come from a farming family, like you mentioned. But um, so I, I want to go back in in any time. If I if I get to a point where you're like, really don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I, no no offense will be taken whatsoever. Um, you 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 said early on that you woke up one morning 
unable to move. I, I believe you mentioned from the neck down. It was just like just this quick onset. Was this just something that creeped up on you? Um, uh, what happened? Yeah. So um, back when I was a kid, when I was six years old, we found out that I had what's called an arteriovenous malformation mm-hmm. or an AVM. Um, and it is at like C2 to C5 inside and outside of my spinal cord. Mm. So AVMs, I mean, like they're rare, but it's, it's not a completely unheard of thing. Um, the biggest thing that was rare about mine was the location. Most of them are not, um, mine is like right below my brainstem and most people don't get them there. And then added on to that, mine was inside and outside of the spinal cord. So I had neurosurgery as a kid. Um, where they went in and they took out everything that was outside of the spinal cord, Mm -hmm. but they said that it was too risky to Mm. try and operate on what was inside the spinal cord. And so, um, you know, I had problems off and on my whole life, but overall lived relatively normally, you know, like went to school, graduated high school, went to college, graduated college, um, you know, started farming cows, you know, (laughs) right. You know, there, there was some things that I couldn't do, but overall, um, you know, I kind of found a way to modify what I needed and we just made the most of it. And then, um, in the spring of 2018, I started to have a few more problems and I had a few more neurosurgeries. Um, and then I had a checkup where I went and did an angiogram, um, which is where they like basically run a camera up where they go in through, they went in through the, like a vein in my arm, ran a camera up to where the like area where they operated on in September of 2019 and they after that operation they said nope you're doing great you don't have anything to worry about come back in five years and so you know we were really like the year prior to that had been hard and we were really kind of riding a high um off of that and just like oh man like we don't have to do anything for five years this is awesome you know like we can go and do whatever we want um and then I just you know I did the day before I woke up paralyzed, I felt great. And I actually had, um, I had told my dad that I had felt better than I felt in five years. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't expecting it at all. And I woke up and I just, when I first woke up, um, I woke Nick up and I'm like, man, like my shoulder hurts really bad. I need you to go and get me some painkillers. And Nick got up, went down the hall, went to go get me a drink. And before he came back, it just hit me like, I mean, and like you snapped your finger where I couldn't move. And so, I, I mean, it, it was scary. We didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got life flighted to our local university hospital, which is like the biggest hospital in our state, the University of Iowa. Um, I had surgery and after I had surgery, I was able to move again. So I was standing, pivoting, you know, both with my arms and hands were working. And I went to a rehab hospital and we thought um, that everything was fine. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, um, you know, I woke up again another morning and I couldn't move anything below my waist. And so we went back to the university again and I had a bleed in my spinal cord. Um, This time it was down lower. It was in my thoracics instead of um, like in the cervical area, which is where my ADM was. And I had surgery again, and that's kind of, um, as we say, when our luck ran out, we don't know exactly what happened in that operation, but basically um, 
everything that went wrong could after I came out of surgery. Mm. I went into respiratory failure and that just um, led to a lot of problems. So not only did I have um, the spinal cord injury and where I wasn't able to move, I also ended up, like I said, on a ventilator. Mm. Um, I also had like five chest tubes on top of that. So it was just a real um, mess that just kind of kept compounding. And it seemed like every day something new was popping up that basically the hospital kept saying like, well, we had a plan for one of these things going wrong, but you had three things go wrong or you had five things go wrong or um, whatever. And I mean, like I said, there was several times that, you know, I almost didn't make it, but somehow luckily, um, you know, the Lord provided and I'm still here. And I think that Nick and I both feel like that is on purpose and for a purpose and we're just trying to live out um each day and take it step by step and fulfill whatever whatever that purpose may be as we go and that is probably one of the best attitudes to have right you said look it is what it is i I, the lord dealt me this hand for a reason and man i'm gonna play the hand the best i can i uh um man i just where where do you go with something like that my uh I don't know if you did any any research about me, but my my daughter Krista uh, was was born with a distended abdomen, and uh, she went through I don't want to exaggerate here like six surgeries in her first three months, um, and w- basically when she was born, um, her her intestines, her large intestines, or her small intestine was about. 32 centimeters when you're born usually you got 300 some centimeters so she didn't have enough to sustain life so one of the surgeries was to put a tpn line in her so that she could get the nutrition she needed yada 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 one thing goes after another she spends you know basically the bulk of her life in and out of hospitals you know on the uh, organ donor list yada 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 and uh, when i saw your story come across my email i'm like okay i gotta i have to chat to these folks because I don't, while I cannot fathom what you have gone through, Karen, I can slightly fathom what my man Nick has gone through, you know, standing by your side and and, and what have you. And, you know, the panic that we get to feel as the significant other, or in my case, the father uh, of everything. And to come up with blankets, when you said blankets, I'm like, that was one of Krista's favorite things was her blanket. Um, and it was one, while she was in the hospital, her grandmother, my mother, uh, crocheted it for her. And it, that thing went everywhere with her. Because like you said, those hospital sheets, they're usually kind of, they feel kind of starchy. They're probably not starched nowadays, but they feel rough and, you know, baby skin and your skin. Who cares if you're a baby or not, right? Um, and, but when she had her blanket, she was as happy as a clam. Uh, so these blankets are a great idea. The whole piece of home thing, I love being able to customize it. I love you have, uh, I saw coffee cups, if I remember correctly, and a few other items you've expanded out to. Um, now, are you doing, did you start this off just at home or do you found someone that could do the blanket for you and you're playing this whole arbitrage thing? I'm going to get I'm going to get the picture of the cow and I'm going to put on the blanket and I'm going to sell it. And now the custom pieces are coming in. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this. How's that working in your world? Yeah, I actually found a company in Kansas City and basically they can manufacture and they can ship. Mm. So we don't have to order 100 blankets, keep it at home, ship off at one time. 
you know, if we get an order in, I can send that order to them and they can nice. put the picture right on the blanket and send it out. Nice. So that's been really good. And we have a different company uh, that does the shirts, the coffee cups, uh, and what else do we have? Bath mats, canvases. That's right. Um, I remember seeing it. it was the cuddle cow bath thing. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yep. Yep. And it's the same principle. Uh, basically, they we can order in and we can tell them what that person ordered. They can put that picture on and ship it one at a time. And it's pretty, pretty uh, painless. And which is something we needed. We needed a, you know, if we were going to do this, we can't, we couldn't spend, you know, all of our time doing right. this is we actually got to, you know, we have other stuff we got to do that makes us money and being able to do this, uh, you know, yeah, that's not, that doesn't, you know, take up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. really fun. <laughs> is it uh is it, is it a goal to make this your primary uh, source of income? I know you're also doing, you're, you're trying to raise money for spinal cord, uh, I'll say awareness and, and or research. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that ended up happening, that would be really cool. Right. That would be awesome. So that's, as the company grows, the more uh, time and money we can put into it. Mm -hmm. uh, if that does happen, that would be awesome. <laughs> what do you think as, and either one of you chime in, as you stepped into this venture forget forget all the other drama that has brought you to the point where you're like all right let's start doing blankets to to do things um what what would you th say is the not the hardest maybe just the kind of the, oh wow i would have never thought of that moment where you're like okay we're going to do blankets and you're looking around you find the company and you're like well i never thought about having to do this whatever that might you know those little stumbling blocks where you're like heck I would have never thought of that if we've never started selling blankets. Uh, sales tax, for sure. <laughs> Charging whole, it to other folks? <laughs> yes, figuring out who to charge, when to charge, what state, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to figure out. You can't just ask someone in a government. Uh, there's yeah. not a specific person because if you ask five different people, you get five different answers. 100%. Uh, that was definitely the, the biggest stumbling block mm -hmm. in this process moving along. And it really, the answer wasn't really that complicated. Yeah, it, uh, uh, it, it can problem. be complicated, but it can be pretty easy. I know um, I, I had a client that was uh, an apparel company. And uh, right when that decision was made, you know, hey, you, you have to start charging tax. I, I was on both sides of that. I remember being with them before and them after. And uh, it was like, oh, because it was a new thing, everyone's looking at each other going, okay, how do we do this? How do we do this? You know, and you find the right people eventually and they can say, here's how you can do it. Bing, bang, boom. It's all good. But in the meantime, you're like, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Small businessman like you two, you're like, who do I turn to? Right? You know, Cause yep. there's lots of people that'll give you advice, but usually they don't want to, you know, they want a piece of the money for, for giving that advice. Right. Yep. Yep. So We've been you, really, I think, um, like we're just, we're both very resourceful. Our families are both very resourceful. And I've joked before that um, if we had to figure out how to get a paper clip from New York to California, somehow we would get it done. And, you know, when we started with this and, you know, one day we hadn't been home very long and they were like, hey, I really want to start this company. And at that point, you know, we were just kind of swimming in it. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, we were trying to figure out how to do all the things that it needed to take care of me because there's a lot involved in that. Sure. Um, you know, Nick was like, how about we do this? 
And honestly, I mean, like, it was 100% Nick, because I was just like, I don't know, dude, you're going to have to figure it out. I don't have the time for this right now. And so, you know, and then, you know, he came up with blankets and then it was like, okay, how would we sell them? Well, I guess we'd have to build a website and neither of us had ever built a website before. Right. And so I was like, I don't know, dude, you're going to have to figure it out. And so Nick is like in his free time Googling, how do you build a website? You know, like all these, all these things and it just, you know, every step of the way, um, it was kind of one of those, I don't know, Google it, figure it out. And so just step by step, piece by piece. You know, like we found the manufacturer and we knew like we're, we live out on a farm. So we're um, like 10 miles from a town that has a post office. Mm-hmm. And so we knew like, hey, we can't be running to town every single time we get an order. Right. That, you know, like that just that's not going to work. And so, you know, we found somebody that was willing to do the drop shipping for us. And, you know, step by step. And then you know, like we started with just having blankets and then it was um we kind of were coming out of winter. And so then after that point, you know, cause we had a pretty big Christmas rush where a lot of people really supported us. Sure. We were really fortunate for that. But then it was like, okay, people aren't, you know, most people aren't going to want to order a lot of blankets in the summertime. So what else can we do? Okay. Well, we could do t-shirts because people wear t-shirts year round. All the time. We could do coffee cups because people drink coffee year round. So it just kind of has been like a step-by-step process where, we don't know what we're doing, but yeah, I've heard the quote before. People say like an entrepreneur is somebody that jumps off the cliff and then figures out how to build a parachute <laughs> after they jumped. Yep. And um, that's kind of what we've done. Like we just, oh, jump off the cliff and okay, we got to figure it out. So, yep. um, you know, like now that I'm not able to do as much, you know, with my hands, because I have use of my left arm and hand, but that's about it. So I can do, I'm, I'm very fortunate because um, I have a C6 injury and it's in, so there's two types of spinal cord injuries. There's complete and incomplete and a complete injury is more of a traditional spinal cord injury, um, like a car accident or a fall or something like that, where the spinal cord is completely severed. And so there's no connection at all um, below that level. And mine is incomplete. And so I have some signals that go through um, but not all of them do and what does go through may not be like correct. So most people that have a C6 injury would not have use of their hands at all. So I'm very fortunate that I do have some use of my hands. So I can do some on the computer and um, mostly I use my phone. I can use, there is a lot of technology that kind of helps with that, but Nick um, does the majority of it. So he's kind of the one man band um, you know, doing stuff, helping me, taking care of me, and then also um, doing all the technical aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's that been cool to see him go from, I don't know how to build a website to, hey, here's the website. What do you think? And that's been awesome. So basically, Nick is a beast is what you're saying, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, man. So Nick, Nick goes out there and Googles how to build a website. Uh, Tell me, Nick, I mean, as you as you found the wealth of information that's out there, uh, where did you where did you go to build that website? Did you go to Fiverr? Did you just, OK, I'm going to pick some provider and just start piecing it together myself? Talk to me. Yeah, that's basically what I did. I just found a provider that's Shopify. Um, I don't know if they're relatively new or not, but they, they seem nope, to be been around and, a bit. I've used them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, Piecing it together through them has actually been pretty easy. 
and then I just been modifying it, you know, from there. Sure. Um, do you guys you know, do any advertising to get the word out about your, uh, your awesome blankets? I have them up here on my screen and there's some really cute designs here, everybody. You need to go check out cuddlecowcompany.com to see these, these cute cows. Yeah, actually, Karen uh, went to school for marketing. Uh, she's a really a uh, marketing genius, especially on Facebook. Actually, shortly after we were married, um, we actually Karen got invited out to the Facebook headquarters. Oh, is what nice. she did with another uh, Facebook business page of ours. Um, so we've been hitting uh, you know the Facebook quite a bit, uh, advertising through there. We've done some TikTok stuff. Um, you know, we haven't poured a whole lot of money into it. Sure. Uh, just money we've made from sales. Uh, basically, everything we've made from sales goes right directly back to the business. So, basically, just Facebook marketing for the most part. Yep. Yeah. That's bootstrapping it right there, everybody. So, yeah. of, uh, of all our listeners, I mean, the bulk of them are going to be, you know, either be entrepreneurs, right? They want to be an entrepreneur or burgeoning entrepreneurs. And we have a few seasoned folks that uh, that check us out and to try and get uh, a good tip here and there. So as you uh, cruised along your journey, and I know you're still pretty early in your journey and, and doing well from what I can tell, uh, what would you share to shortcut someone's adventure? That's going to be you. You're the marketing genius. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. I mean, like, uh, we both grew up on, like, on farm farm families that were kind of entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're very fortunate in that sense. Sure. I think, um, you know, I totally understand if somebody, you know, if their parents have always worked for someone and they've always worked for someone that it could be very scary to take that first step. But I think the biggest thing is, like I said, just, um, you know, deciding what it is that you're going to do step by step. You know, like for us, it was like, Hey, we want to sell something, but we don't know what the heck it would be. And then be like, oh, maybe we could do a blanket. So I don't know what, you know, each person's thing is because everybody has a different idea, but just starting it step by step. And like you said, bootstrapping it. I mean, it's fair. We're very fortunate. We've never lived in a time when it's been easier to get your message out, True. you know, and honestly, you can do it at no cost. Anybody can make a TikTok for free mm -hmm. and you never know which one is going to be the one that goes viral. So you might have one, you know, or 10 or a hundred that maybe a hundred people watch or maybe five people watch, but you never know which one's going to be the next one that a thousand people look at or, a, you know, 10,000 or maybe even a million. Right. And so you just got to be willing to keep putting yourselves out there and not necessarily worrying about what it looks like. Um, I don't know. I think that it's easy to play the game of like, oh, well, what will other people think? and letting that be the thing that kind of stops you but you got to just put all that behind you and be like well what like whatever i'd rather know that i did it and that i tried it um than spending my whole life going well could have should have would have mm -hmm. so it's just being willing to be bold and all you need is five seconds of insane courage um to click go and bam you're there Man, you don't know how many times on this very show and shows that I have been lucky enough to, to speak on, I say, tell folks, you don't need to be brave forever. You only need to be brave for five seconds because yeah. then you're, in the, you're already moving. And I was a paratrooper in the military, right? So it, it didn't take long to be brave. 
I remember the very first time I jumped out of the plane, right? You, you, you hook up to the wire and you do the, what they call the airborne shuffle and you walk and then all of a sudden you, you do a right turn and you step out. That's it. I stopped. <laughs> my drill instructor put his big size 12 boot to my bottom and pushed me out. After that, right, you, you couldn't stop me from getting back up into a plane to jump out. But it was that, that two seconds in that case, but it's that five seconds of courage is all you need. Because after that, okay, my, my my comfort zone just got a little bit bigger because I did those five seconds of courage. The next time you do five more seconds and your, your comfort zone gets a little bit bigger each time. And people, you don't have to put, you don't have to jump your whole body out of your comfort zone. Just maybe stick your little toe out, right? It's just to get out there for a second and pull it back. Oh, you know, okay, I'm still alive. I'm still, I'm still okay. Everything worked out fine. And then you just put it back out there again, right? And you just, you keep doing it. I, I love it. It's great. I'm actually um, scanning down your TikToks here. And then I was hoping to see cows and I see lots of cows. I, I, I love this. I, I think you got something really cool going on here. Where you guys hope to take this next? Uh, right now, we're almost up to $2,000 raised for spinal cord research. We hoped to get, you know, past 10000 and then <laughs> And just keep, you know, hitting... You know, hitting a you know a next goal after that, just make the goal bigger and bigger and bigger, and keep hitting that goal. You know, so, so really, uh, you're more focused on this for uh, the spinal research piece of funding rather than funding your your lifestyle or your care. Would that be accurate? Uh, yes. I mean, we have been fortunate. We, you know, me and Karen, for what we lack in health, we do know how to make money. So we're actually fortunate and that we can, you know, fund her care mm-hmm. in a really good way. We're not, we didn't start this business. We were like, oh crap, how are we going to make money? Sure. We were old, we were already able to position to do that. So we started this mainly for, you know, let's start doing something to raise money for spinal cord research. And if this business ends up becoming more part of our income, that would be great. But I would say we started this mainly for how we become part of the solution to find a cure for spinal cord that kind of mentality really needs a round of applause hence the round of applause i'm being cheesy on purpose because i think so many people step into the entrepreneurial world and say i want to give to the people i want to give to and you're really wanting to give that's your goal you're like here i'm going to do this this coming from you know karen with her obvious traumatic events she's gone through she's sitting here talking to me from her wheelchair right still living it and having this positive attitude and nick man at her side the whole time and then here they are given with cuddle cows you guys got to check this out i'm telling you the link will be down in the show notes everybody i'm going to put all your links uh, the facebook link the, the tiktok link is going to be down there um do you have any new products uh, on the horizon to uh, to kind of roll out yeah you got a new christmas season coming up i can't imagine you don't have another product in the hopper to surprise people with yeah we'll definitely be uh looking for new pictures uh as we get into the fall we're starting to hit fall here in a couple months and that is usually a very pretty time of the year in the countryside with Mm -hmm. the cows and karen is always uh trying to design shirts uh karen's actually figured out how to design shirts on her app on her phone She's getting more comfortable with that, and she'll uh, keep adding more designs that way, too. Sweet. 
I'll be looking forward to that. Can I offer you one piece of um, just just a thought here as, as I'm scanning down here? Because uh, I'm loving mm-hmm. this, right? Obviously, you can tell in my voice. I'm really excited about this. As I'm looking at the shirts, I would love to see somebody wearing them or the shirts like over um, a model, you know, like a bust. So they show the shape. It's awesome. They're laying flat like this. I found, you heard earlier, I came from an apparel background that when we can show the shape, right, they tend to sell better. When we do the flat lay uh, shots, um, sometimes people don't quite get how that they can't picture quite as well how that would look on them. Does that make sense? Yep, that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, again, it's I'm not dissing your, your layout here. I mean, I'm just saying if, 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 if you can get a 10, 20% boost by just having shots of them, you know, over a, over a mannequin, you know, that, that would be, that would be worthwhile. I mean, and your prices are very reasonable. I mean, you $20 shirts, 1999 shirts here. I've seen folks doing the whole, uh, what do they call them? Teespring thing where they're going for 40 bucks. So yeah, people got to, I'm yeah. telling you, ladies and gentlemen, go check out these guys. And you have a, a a promo code going on down here for a percent off. You you got it all going on. Now I heard you sneak in there that uh, you guys were lucky enough to be able to step into this business because you know how to make money. So I'm guessing from that statement, this is not your first entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. So we have um, the income from the cows. So the way, like, if people don't have a farming background, the way that it works for us is that uh, we have like 40 mama cows that have babies every year. And then, um, so we keep the babies on the farm until they're about six months old and then we sell them. And so we have the income from that. And then um, we also have uh, like some other income streams from the farm itself. Mm -hmm. And then we also have another business um, where we work with a manufacturer where we sell um, agriculture products to row crop farmers. Um, so we sell them things that help them improve um, their yield and their profitability. So like fertilizer and stuff like that to help them grow better crops. And that's the bulk of our income um, through that. And then I also do a little bit of um, like social media consulting and stuff with people on Facebook stuff because that's, I don't know, that's one of my passions. I just, I'm kind of a nerd for marketing. I love I love doing stuff like that and learning all about that. So, um, you know, we have a few other things that we do. And like Nick said, most of the income that we make from Cuddle Cow, we just put right back into the business to help um, grow the reach and grow the mission there. Because like Nick said, you know, there's a lot lot of things in the world that um, could use money from research, from funding, you Mm -hmm. know, things, you know, there's all sorts of stuff like cancer is one of them. That's a, a lot of. A lot of marketing and money goes into that, but um, spinal cord injury is just kind of an underfunded area where there's not a lot of funds sure. going towards that. And so we, um, there, but actually in the last um, year or so, there's actually been a few new drugs that have been invented and therapies um, that are going into like a testing phase with the FDA. And so, um, Northwestern in Chicago is where we currently are donating our money to. And, um, you know, there, there's some really exciting things 
that are looking promising for spinal cord injury. Sure. And like Nick mentioned, um, you know, we just want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. There it is. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. I love that. All right. So I want to be mindful of your time. I could I could sit here and pick your brain all day long because I'm like you. I totally geek out on the whole Facebook marketing. I'm a marketing geek. I, I was lucky enough to work for Coca-Cola for quite a few years and they're a marketing engine. Then I went to Home Depot and David's Bridal. Anyway, anyway. Um, this is not about me, <laughs> but uh, I definitely, I definitely geek out uh, in the marketing arena, and so many things have changed. Heck, in the last two years, let alone in in the past ten. Um, if you want to give our entrepreneurs that are hanging on every word right now a marketing tip, what would you tell them? Mm, that's a good question. We here just recently, like with our other businesses, have started on TikTok. And that's been, I mean, that's been crazy. Like I, I kind of talked about it before, mm-hmm. you know, before back, back when my parents started in business as a kid, I was always involved um, with what they were doing. And, you know, we did, we grew up fairly poor, um, you know, when we were just getting started with stuff and man, they would pinch and save every penny that they could to just to be able to afford um, you know, marketing campaigns and magazines or TV or sure. um, newspaper, radio, stuff like that. I mean, and it was, it was very expensive just to try Still and do that. Is, really. that, was, <laughs> that was your only way to do marketing. I mean, I can't even imagine working at Coca-Cola. I'm sure I have no idea what they spend annually on marketing, but I'm sure that it's insane. A couple dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And, you know, now everybody has the option to have a voice and they can take it out, like I said, for free. I mean, if you want to throw money behind marketing, you can now, but you don't even have to. And, you know, like we talked about before, five seconds of courage to click there it is. go live or press play or what, you know, whatever it is. And just be willing to share your story and do it consistently day in and day out. I think that a lot of people want, you know, a sexy boom. This is the way to make a million dollars or whatever. And an instant overnight and i would love to find that solution if anybody has one um you know send us an email and tell us what it is because i'd love <laughs> to hear it but it's i think it's more about just the consistency of day in and day out being willing to make one thing one post every single day and knowing that eventually it's going to catch fire you just don't know which day is going to be the day that it does that so you have to keep going 100 percent. i think there's something to be uh, there's a lot of wisdom inside of that in the thought that if you can't sell it for you know with no marketing what makes you think you can sell it with marketing if i can't get on there and share the goodness about my blanket or my cows or my agriculture products or my podcast and i can't get move you enough to come listen or to come by or at least come visit the website so i can retarget you then what makes me think that putting $500 of ad spend behind a very similar message is going to change your mind? So food for thought. Start for free, ladies and gentlemen. You heard my lady Nick, or my lady, my lady Karen, my man Nick in there. Just get in there and grind it. Nick starts off as saying, how to build a website. I know a number of these entrepreneurs are laughing going, God, I did that too, right? And Shopify. There, there it is. You know, it's it's not expensive. It's not cheap. Uh, 
Um, it, it, but it's not pricey. It's something that, you know, uh, a starting person can start off. And I think if I remember correctly, you can start off for 30 days for free and you can get your yep. feet wet and get things rolling. Um, depending uh, who you get your code from, I remember there was someone saying, I negotiated a deal for 60 days. Okay, that's even better. Now you really got a, a time to ramp things up. But again, if you can't sell it by putting it in front of them saying, look how amazing this is, then you're probably not going to sell it by, by putting ad spend behind it. Nick, Karen, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and, and all your goodness. And I'm going to make sure people know all about the Cuddle Cow Company. Um, I'm probably actually going to share your name with a few of my fellow podcasters to help you get that name out even more so because uh, there are some folks out there that would love to support you um, beyond this little old guy with the beard. We would appreciate it. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Nick and Karen Fitch. You know, this is normally the part where I would come on here and I would share with you some of my personal words of wisdom. Ugh, words to wisdom. Words of wisdom. But you know what? I, I, I'm just going to let their words carry with you, right? Because it's a story that I can't even relate to in the slightest. Um, but I did want to share the fact that we have heard so many stories of people going from rags to riches or from downtrodden to, you know, uh, being self-sufficient and having different problems. And we go way back to the early episodes, you know, the, the single digit episodes when Tiffany Toombs came on and she was talking about wanting to step out into the road in Australia and let the bus take care of the rest, right? Nick and Karen could have faced the same thoughts. Who says they didn't? But they didn't do it, nor did Tiffany, nor did so many of the other amazing people I've been able to bring on the show. So just pause for a moment. And as I said towards the beginning of this show in the introduction, I'll keep my problems, thank you, learning. We all have our problems. We all go through ups and downs and ins and outs and shit and sunny days. I'm just going to say it like it is. Here's the challenge I'm going to offer you is... Look back into the abyss of whatever dark time you've gone through and find the lesson in it. Because I'm of the mindset and the, the, the pure heartfelt belief that the lesson will continue to be presented to you in different forms until you learn it. Let me say that again. The lesson is going to be continually presented to you, quite possibly, in many different forms until you learn it. And then once you learn it, well, then you're ready for a whole new set of lessons, right? So take a moment, sometime, today, tomorrow, this week, soon, right after you finish this episode, look back into a recent episode of the abyss that you've gone through, some dark time, some troubled water that you weathered, and learn the lesson. And maybe even go back and re-listen to this episode and find the lessons that Nick and Karen learned side by side as they started Cuddle Cow. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.